And so the, we had the don't matter box. Um, the tax collectors, they didn't matter. Uh, the sinners, they didn't matter. Um, but the matter box, the Pharisees or the faithfully, they were the real religious people and also the teachers of the law, they were like the preachers, they were in the matter box. And sort of, I was trying to think of like a story that I've experienced this um, and, um, you know, I don't know if you've sort of been in a place as well where you've sort of um, seen someone that you'd expect to hang out with a certain group of people but then they don't do it. You know, they hang out with other people and go, oh, that's a little bit strange, that's a bit unusual, that doesn't sort of quite make sense. But um, it does happen in our world today as well. Uh, we just because we're humans, we also have this tendency to put people into boxes. We've got the age box. You can be young or you can be old. We've got the gender box. We've got the wealth box. Nationality, culture, ethnicity, political views, sexuality. And sometimes people get pigeonholed into certain boxes and said, oh, well, that box is okay and that box is not okay. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, have you like ever been in a situation? Oh, you've got some. Have you counted them all? Oh, we'll go down the back, count them all first. Take them down the back, get them all together, and you've got to count them first. Yeah, excellent. Good work, Zoe. So take them back, take them back and count them outside. Make sure you get all the numbers correct. And then we'll go from there. That's great. They're just ready to get started eating straight away, aren't they? That's so good. Cool. Have you ever been in a situation where you've realised that you're in the wrong box or you're in the don't matter box in that environment? Like I've been in some situations when I was, um, when the boys were younger, um, I, I was sort of working part-time and I was also um, staying at home part-time looking after the boys. And um, I used to take Daniel to story time to, at, at the local library and occasionally, like, David and Matt would come there as well. But when David and Matt weren't there, I was like, it was all mums. They were all mums there except for me. And I was like, I did not feel like I was in the right box. I was in, like, the don't matter box in that situation. Um, at the moment, I'm playing Thursday night basketball. It's just, like, friendly pickup games just at Melville Recreation Centre. And, like, there's only two of us that are white-skinned. You know, like the rest of them are like from different places around the world, which is really, really cool. Um, but it was, it was just, when I go there, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm outside of the box. You know what I mean? I don't fit in here. Um, and when uh, Michael pointed this out, when we were in Japan earlier as well, he just said one day, Dad, I just feel so white here. You know, we go to touristy places and sort of you go and expect them to be filled with people from all over the, around the world, but we turn up and like, no. <laughs> it's, it's filled with lots of Japanese people and like a couple, you know, about half a dozen Australians. That was it. And, you know, it doesn't, it feels, when you're in those situations when you're not in the box, it's easy to go, oh, you know, maybe I'm not important, like I don't fit in here. But what's also interesting is that not just the world, but in Christian circles we can create boxes as well, can't we? You know, have you ever heard the Christian and the non-Christian or the saved and the lost or the sinner and the saint? You know, it's our tendency to put people in boxes. And so Luke starts the story of, of the lost sheep and the lost coin by actually highlighting some of the boxes that people have been putting themselves in. 
anyway, and but what unfortunately that does is it creates an us and a them mentality, doesn't it? Like you're either in the right box, you're here. Have you counted them all? 110. 110? Oh, no. 110, okay, all right. Well, come on down, guys. All right, have a seat. All right, we'll just put the, we'll just put the sermon on pause for a minute. So we've got 110. Excellent. All right, everyone bring them down. Wow. You guys have done really well. Where were they? Oh, my, my pockets, I really need to get them fixed, don't I? They just fall out all, the, all over the place. Fantastic. Well done. Excellent. Is everyone down the front? Okay. So, guys, um, I've got some good news and bad news. The good news is that you found 110... The bad news is, is that there's 111. One, 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 no, don't make excuses for them, Lish. There's a lost coin out there. Do you think that lost coin matters? Do you think we should keep on looking for it? Well, I've got a feeling that the lost coin might be in the church somewhere here, okay? I don't think it's outside. It might be someone. So have a look down the aisles. Look around the place. Go searching quickly. That poor lost coin. Just have a look, see if you can find it. Maybe go down to the back corners near the computer desk, perhaps, for example. Oh, Zoe found it. Oh, Zoe. Well done. Well done. So how many have we got now? 110 plus 1 equals... 111, we found. give yourselves a hand. Good work, kids. Well done. All right. Now, I did make a promise, didn't I? I said that if you found them all, I would be so happy that I would be happy to share them with you and I'm sure you'll share them with other people as well because chocolate's only good in moderation, isn't it? Okay, so um, I'll tell you what you can do. Now you've got to work out your division skills, all right? You've done addition. If you guys want to take them down the back, maybe out the back with Kaylee, you can see if you can divide them fairly so that everyone gets some chocolates. Does that sound good? So 111 divided by 9. I don't know how that's going to work. Someone's going to have to make a sacrifice. Anyway, that's all right. That's okay. So do you want to take them down the back, guys? And um, Kaylee can help you divide them all up so that everyone gets some, some to celebrate. Do you want to take them? Do you want to go go at the back, and they're gonna and they're gonna s- separate them. They're gonna count them and separate them. And if you do this really well, we'll put you on the offering counting roster as well. That's good. <laughs> cool. So boxes, boxes create us and them. That group, this group, the group that I'm in is okay. I'm in the right box. Um, the other person in the other box they're in the wrong box you know isn't that how the world works and unfortunately it happens in a church as well but Jesus says that every person matters there's only one box 
There's just one box to Jesus, and everyone's in that box. And in fact, if someone is outside, like the sheep pen, like the, the sheep has gotten lost, Jesus doesn't go, oh, okay, well, I've, at least I've got 99 in this box and there's just one in the other box. He's like, no, I'm going to go looking for that person. I'm going to find them. I'm going to bend over backwards to get them back in my box to be with me. So how do we know that every person matters to God? I mean, it sounds nice, Brad. Every person matters to God. But how do we actually know? Well, Jesus in the story makes it very, very clear. He says, if you've got 100 sheep and one of them gets lost, what will you do? So he gets the gets us to think about it. Like if I lost a sheep, um, I'm like, oh, well, I've got 99 more. Does anyone have, has anyone been on a farm or done farming stuff as well? You know, there are some sheep casualties, aren't there? You know what I mean? And sometimes the farmers just go, eh, you know, it's a bit harsh, you cruel farmers out there, but it's a bit harsh. But like Jesus, like, no, in this culture, it's like every sheep would be so valuable that the, the shepherd would actually go looking for it. Won't you leave the 99 in the field and go and look for that one lost sheep until you find it? And when you find it, you'll be so glad you'll put it on your shoulders and you'll carry it home. Then you'll call in your friends and neighbours and say, let's celebrate, I found my lost sheep. And Jesus said in the same way there's more happiness in heaven because of one sinner who turns to God than over 99 good people that don't need to. So how do we know that every person matters to God? Well, it's very, very clear. God goes searching for the one. He's not content with 99. He wants 100%. I wasn't content with 110 chocolate coins. I wanted 111, okay? All right? God is greedy too. He wants everyone. Like, you know, he cares so much about them. God doesn't give up. The, the passage says that the shepherd goes to look and he's not going to stop until he finds the sheep. And last of all, God celebrates when they are together with him. Same thing happens with the lost coin. Um, and at the end it says, in the same way, God's angels are happy when even one person turns to him. Like there's, God's saying there's celebration, there's a party. And um, last weekend um, we said, um, you know, we congratulated Pat on, on her 80th birthday. Here's a picture of um, the fam. Um, but the point is, is that you celebrate people that matter to you, don't you? You know what I mean? If someone is, matters to you, they celebrate. Now, Jesus could have just said the shepherd will go out and find the lost sheep and then bring it back home, maybe whack it a few times with the staff, say, don't do that again. Just go, oh, finally that sheep got that sheep back. What a pain. No, the shepherd doesn't do that. The shepherd celebrates and rejoices over it. What does that indicate? It shows that God is actually loving and passionate and compassionate towards every person. So how do you know if you're lost? So sometimes I've, I've heard this story before and I've felt like I'm the 99, I'm in with the 99 sheep and someone else is lost. You know, like, oh yeah, I'm in, I'm in already saved, you know, nice and safe there, but it's the other person. But as I think more and more about it, I realise that no, I often get lost. Um, when I was um, doing some hiking with the year nines, we, we'd hike the Bibbulmun track just a little bit south of Dwelling Up and Along the path, they've got these little signs, the Bibbulmun track signs, there's the little triangles, and you're meant to follow the little snake tongue. You know, like you see, I don't know if you can see there, there's a little tongue that goes out. That's the direction that you go. However, no offence to the people that look after the Bibbulmun track, but sometimes 
the um, sign has worn off a little bit and sometimes the way they've put it on the tree, it distorts or it twists a little bit. So in the end, all you get is this triangle on the tree. Now, it's okay if it's a like, very clear pointing direction. Now, I see some of you that have done this before, but sometimes you're like, oh my goodness, that triangle is pointing in three different directions and there's three different ways I could go right now. What am I going to do? So this one time I'd waited for a couple of students that had fallen a little bit behind. Anyway, the group had gone ahead and, and they'd, they'd just taken off on the path. So I'm waiting for them and I finally got to it and I said, oh, quick, quick, we're late. Oh, yeah, that's the way to go. And then we just started walking off. So, I mean, no problem at all. I'm just walking along the path going, oh, that's right. Let's walk quicker. We'll catch up quicker. Let's walk quicker. Come on, let's keep up the pace. And then I'm going, I'm sure we're walking a lot faster than the other people would be walking. By now we should have caught up to them and we should all be together in the same group. And then as I kept walking, I started getting that feeling, oh, hang on a sec. What way was that arrow actually pointing back, that triangle actually pointing back there? And then I started to get that sinking feeling. You know, you go, oh, my goodness. This is a bit sad. I'm a little bit scared. I'm feeling quite isolated right now. And even though I had some other students there as well, I felt very, very, very alone at that point. And I was like, oh no, what's happened? So what, what do I need to do in that sort of situation besides cry and pray a lot to Jesus? What do I need to do? I need to turn around, don't I? I need to turn around and head back on the other direction. Um, so, you know, so I had to do that and head back, and it's okay, we all got back together again in the final way. But sometimes you can be lost and you don't know that you're lost. You know, and I think, you know, some Bible commentators have compared the two stories and they say the coin doesn't know that it's lost. You know, the, the, the lady knew it was lost, but the coin didn't have a clue that it was lost. Um, and sometimes the sheep will know that it's lost. The sheep will go, yeah, I'm lost. I need some help. Please come and rescue me as well. Um, so when we get lost, sometimes we don't know what we lost. Then I think what Pastor Cam's been talking about and, and what we've been really focusing on here is the difference between like God's love for us is about his love transforming the way we act towards others so that we love each other loving god loving each other that's what it's all about but i know that sometimes i choose things just for selfish self-centered reasons and when i do that i start heading down a path that actually causes me to end up feeling isolated lonely ashamed scared sad whatever it might be and I think that's what it means by lost. Lost is basically when we choose to do what we want to do just selfishly rather than um, trying to show love to other people instead. Um, so we also, like as a family, when we went down a few years to um, Yelling Up and we did this maze. Has anyone done the maze down in Yelling Up before? So can you remember doing this? Yeah. What are you laughing about? <laughs> so um, I can't remember exactly but I want to point out this little uh, tower thing in the centre of the maze can you see the yellow circle so if someone in your group somehow manages to get there they can see everything in the maze 
So when you hit a dead end, this is what you can do to get out of it. You can look up for help. You can look up and say, help me, I'm lost. Which direction do I go now? You can turn around and you can follow their instructions. And that's how you get out of those dead ends. And I think these are the same steps that we can use or we can um, use when we get lost in terms of our own life and our own decisions. We can look up to Jesus, we can say, Jesus, I need your help, I'm lost, I've hit a dead end in this part of my life. You know, these other parts of my life are okay, but in this part of my life, I'm stuck, I'm lost. And turn around, it's interesting that I like this trend, the Bible translations we use today because it said turn around to God. Because often you hear the word repent, you know, repent, it's sort of like quite a common religious term, but repent just simply means to turn around, to go the other direction. It's like I'm walking down the Bibbulmun track going the wrong way, getting further and further away from where I want to go. I just need to repent and head back in the right direction. And follow instructions as well. Like Jesus usually will say to me, Brad, thank you, you're turning around, that's good. Now you need to say sorry. (laughs) Now you need to do this. Now you need to make this choice to show love instead. Um. I'll go to the next one. This, when I was reflecting on Jesus using the idea of sheep, it reminded me of a prophecy that was written hundreds of years before Jesus. Um, it was written by Isaiah, and this is, this is what he wrote. He says that all of us were like sheep that had wandered off. We'd each gone our own way, but the Lord gave Jesus, um, or his, the, him the punishment that we deserved. Others thought that Jesus was a sinner, but he suffered for our sins and asked God to forgive us. So why does God rescue us? Why does he do that? Like why, when we choose to say, God, I don't want you in my life, I just want to do my own thing, I want to you know, make choices that are only for me, I don't, I don't care about anyone else. And God says, okay, like you can make that choice. But then as soon as, as soon as I say, oh no, I need help, God, I'll turn around, can you please help me? God is just running out there to try and find us. And the answer is that you matter to God, that each person matters to God. There is one box and God wants us all in it as well. So I'm going to invite the band up in a moment just to start singing this last song. But as we sing this last song, I just want to encourage you to reflect and to pray and to, and to think about Are there parts of your life where you have made choices or you are making choices that are leading you down to a dead end? Is there things that, you know, you sort of say, yeah, God, I don't want you part of that. I just want to do my own thing. And if you're really honest with yourself, that is a part of your life where you're lost in. That's a part of life that you're hitting a dead end. And I just want to encourage you just to to ask God, to pray, God, reveal those parts of my life that I'm holding on to, that are hurting me, that are hurting other people, and can you rescue me from those parts? Um, And then, yeah, so we'll sing the song, but I just want to encourage you to pray that prayer as we do that. Let's stand.